The Penn State Nittany Lions are number seven in the first AP Top 25 of the season. And to be honest, Penn State should be even higher. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That is right. You are Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every single day. I'm Zach Seiko. I'm your host of the show, and I am joined once again by Penn State Rivals contributor, uh, recruiting analyst for the site, happyvalleyinsider.com, and that is Dylan Callaghan Crowley back on the show to not talk so much recruiting here, Dylan, and now we get to actually talk about Penn State football and really go through the news and analyze what Penn State is as the number seven team in the top 25. Number seven, AP top 25 preseason is out officially. We're not going to go through all 25 teams, but Penn State, I think, getting a lot of respect here when it comes to the top 25 being inside the top 10. Now they're coming off of a Rose Bowl win. Uh, there, there are some other teams that I think, you know, LSU, USC being ranked ahead. Personally, I, I can see them beating an LSU team. USC is, they're a good football team with, with Caleb Williams still. And I, I think that had it not been for injuries late down the stretch against Utah, that they would have made it to the college football playoff. But besides the point, I, I could see them beating a Brian Kelly LSU team. So they're right in that range of just outside of the top five. Probably the highest I would put them is at five in a perfect world, but uh, seven's a good start. Yeah, it's a great start for Penn State. I mean, um, the AP and the coaches poll here are uh, consensus that Penn State is, you know, the number seven team, uh, seven team in the country heading into the season. And I think if you're Penn State, that's a very respectful respectable uh, place to be. I mean, I, I, you look at who's ahead of Penn State in those um, two rankings, but especially the AP poll. Um, it, it's all the same teams. It's just a matter of yep. the order that they're in. But I, I think you could comfortably make an our argument for all those teams to be ahead of Penn State. I think Penn State could beat a couple of those teams ahead of them as well. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, I think for Penn State, you have to be happy about – if you're a Penn State fan – you have to be happy about where you where the Nittany Lions are heading into the season in the AP poll. Of course, if we ask James Franken, he's going to say he doesn't really care. Uh, it's all yeah. about going one and zero on the field and beating West Virginia uh, come September second. Uh, but yeah, definitely a great spot for the Nittany Lions here as we end the season. Yeah, I, I mean, Georgia's number one. We, we kind of figured that. Michigan getting some first-place votes as well. Number three, Ohio State. Uh, according to the AP, they're going to give them one first-place vote. Alabama doesn't get any. I think the quarterback situation there makes things a little bit murky, and it should for Ohio State as well. Alabama seems to be the, the national yeah. television talk when it comes to quarterback problems. I, I, I guess no consensus on who the starter is going to be. Sure. Everyone assumes it's going to be Drew Aller for Penn State. Uh, and then LSU, USC, they make sense to an extent, but I, I really do see, I, I view Penn State as the fifth best team in, in the country over at LSU. I think a USC game would be closer in those games. You play them 10 times, they'd win maybe five apiece, right? They'd be split down the middle there, but sure. I do see Penn State as the better football team just because did USC fix its defense? More importantly, yeah. did they fix their offensive line problems? Because that's... Caleb Williams had to ad lib a lot of things in tough games and yeah. Penn state beats them in the, the front seven. They beat them in running back. They beat the now of 
I think Caleb Williams is a more proven quarterback yep. than a Drew yep. Aller. I mean, he's going to be the number one pick in next year's draft, and Aller still needs to solidify himself as a quarterback prospect for the pros. But I, I don't know. I, I think that Penn State really is the fifth best team. I, I don't know. I, I think they have it a little more together than Ohio State at this point, too, because Ohio State doesn't have an answer at, at the quarterback spot. And it seems like things are murkier for them between Devin Brown and Kyle McCord. Yeah, I think that's what makes this season so intriguing for Penn State. Is yeah, I, I think you can absolutely rank Penn State ahead of some of these teams. The only teams that I uh, would have, I have a hard time seeing Penn State beaten if they play today. And I now don't get me wrong, all these teams would be challenging. Any team in the top fifteen mm-hmm. would be an incredibly challenging game for Penn State. But I think you can make an argument for Penn State be in the top out of the top six teams of being able to beat an Ohio State an LSU, a USC. Now, I think it come, it's a little more difficult. Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, all those three teams are built very similar. Uh, Penn State is built to beat the USC's, the, the LSU, Ohio States of the yep. world. As we've seen in the past, they're very competitive with Ohio State, yeah. but Penn State goes up against a more, um, you know, run it down your throat, beat you with pure strength type of team like a Michigan uh, it, it doesn't go as well for them. So I think they would have a hard time beating, you know, Georgia, Michigan, and Alabama. But I, I absolutely think Penn State could beat, you know, Ohio State, LSU, USC. And uh, I, I, I personally would have had the Indian Lions probably in that five or six spot. I definitely think I would have them above USC just because I think – I know Caleb Williams is, you know, arguably the best player in the country. Marvin Harrison Jr. has that, you know, argument as well. But that – that USC defense just doesn't move the needle for me. No. Uh, they may be able to put up 40 points per game, but can they stop a nosebleed? That That's going to be the question this season. Yeah. So I, I like Penn State's defense over yeah. USC's defense there by far. And uh, if Drew is the quarterback we think he can be, I, I it, there's still a big separation, but I think yeah. that would help quite a bit. And then LSU's tough uh, just because last year was such a big – Difference from their 2021 season, uh, so it, it's hard to gauge them for me. But uh, I, I think Penn State could absolutely beat LSU as well. Very similar teams, really overall, too. Yeah, and, and if you look at the top seven according to the AP, they're either all SEC teams or Big Ten or Big Ten to be D, to be uh, eventual teams, right? Uh, this these yep. are all SEC. So that's just how the the dyna- the dynamic is changing now. Looking down, I'm not going to name the rest of the top 25, but I'm glad that Penn State, at least the media, is looking at them and saying they're better than Florida State at this point. Clemson, Washington, Texas, Tennessee, Notre Dame, Utah. If any of those teams had been ranked ahead of Penn State, I I really – this would have been a lot more of a a tirade sort of rant than a more nuanced one. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I I think Penn State was shown pretty – strong respect by the media in this poll. Um, Mm -hmm. Because like I said, I think you can argue those five, six, seven spots, but I I don't think there's an argument that any, maybe you can make an argument for some of them, but I'm pretty confident that Penn State's better than everybody who's ranked underneath them, especially Florida State, Clemson, Washington. Um, Texas, even at 11, seems a little ambitious, um, but they're back. Remember Dylan, they're back. Back. Um, they're back. Uh, 
but overall, I think from top to bottom, this is kind of a pretty respectable preseason top 25. There's not many head scratchers. I think Wisconsin, Oklahoma, Texas A&M are kind of on there probably more so for, you know, uh, the brand name than anything. Uh, but outside that, I think it's pretty respectable. And you can make an argument for, the, for those three teams to be in the top 25, I think, too. Yeah, other Big Ten schools that are in here. Number 19, Wisconsin, as you mentioned, mentioned Dylan. And number 25, Iowa, rounding it out. So that yeah. that is the entirety of the Big Ten. And just because people may care about this, they shouldn't, but they might. Pittsburgh is receiving votes. They got 16 of them, but not enough to crack into the top 25. There's still some other teams that would be next in line to crack the top 25. But that's the... At first preseason poll and so close, just under two weeks away from actual legitimate college football. Saturday, August 26th is when the season opens and then Penn State opening the following Saturday at home against West Virginia under the lights. You couldn't ask for a better, just a better atmosphere to start the, the helmet strike stripe game an old foe that Penn State will beat handedly, but uh, it, it has that classic, the classic rivalry between Penn State and West Virginia is setting up nicely. Now, Penn State still needs to prepare for the Mountaineers because I don't think the Mountaineers are going to be entirely a pushover. This game is going to be a little tougher than expected. Still think the Nittany Lions win, but it doesn't help when Coach James Franklin at his latest post-practice presser says, wide receiver, no one's really moving the needle outside of Keandre Lambert-Smith and Trey Wallace. Dylan and I are going to discuss in a second here, but first let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is Nutrafol. And I want to thank Nutrafol so much for being uh, the newest official sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network, joining our team. You don't have to choose between better hair hair growth and your health anymore. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Nutrafold is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve hair growth, visible thickness and visible scalp coverage as well. Nutrafold supports healthy hair growth from within targeting root causes of thinning such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle and metabolism through whole body health. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code locked on college. I did actually pick up a set of shampoo and conditioner from Nutrafol to try for myself. And I've only been using it for a couple of days now, but I do notice more volume in my hair and it does look thicker and healthier as they say. So they live up to it. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men and use that promo code locked on college. And Locked on Nittany Lions is your go-to podcast for HappyValleyInsider.com. Dylan Calligan-Crowley joining me back on the show over from HappyValleyInsider.com. And all the news is up there. The latest, they're counting down players on the website. Uh, Dylan, there's a lot of exciting things going over on at Penn State Rivals. Yeah, it is it is uh, an overwhelming time almost, uh, you know, because we're still doing, you know, some recruiting stuff on the side. But right now the focus really is – uh, preparing for the season. So uh, yep. to our readers, I, I, I do apologize for the little bit of lack of uh, recruited information over the last few weeks. Uh, thankfully, it is a dead period, so it is a quiet, quiet time to begin with. But, yeah, I mean, in a week here, we'll probably, you know, really start digging deep onto who's going to be on campus here uh, this upcoming month. Penn State has, I think, uh, 
what three three home four home games this upcoming month um three home games so um yeah there's gonna be a lot of kids on campus uh and i mean it starts off with a big one on september 2nd against west virginia under the lights indeed and Keandre Lambert-Smith, Terrey Wallace have set themselves up nicely at wide receiver. And this has always been the consistent, Dylan. We've talked about this. We've heard James Franklin talk about it, provoked, unprovoked, no matter what. Keandre Lambert-Smith, Trey Wallace have proven time and time again that they are the two best receivers on this team. And then we say, hey, Coach Franklin, what's the follow-up here? Has anybody else put their thrown their name in the hat? Is anybody else stepping up? Who is that third wide receiver? And Coach Franklin looks at us every time, the whole media, the whole media group, and says, nobody. He doesn't say, well, uh, somewhat Liam Clifford, Amari Evans, he's done something, but maybe not enough. It's absolutely nobody. You haven't even heard about Dante Cephas, Malik McLean, the guys who transferred in. McLean enrolled earlier. Cephas, I still want to give him the benefit of the doubt of just he's hasn't been here very long. Okay. He had he only came over here in the summer session. And now we're going into fall and everything. Don't get me wrong. But an all-MAC conference type of player, and now through multiple practices here, we're through two weeks of preseason practice. Dante Cephas isn't mentioned. Any of the other veterans haven't been brought up outside of Lambert Smith and Wallace. And now this is getting a little concerning that there's not a third option at that spot. Or And do you even feel good about the backups if Lambert Smith and Trey Wallace needed a break? Yeah, Penn State's in a very uh, tough position. It seems like a yeah, wide receiver here with you know uh, yeah. nineteen days till uh, uh, kickoff against West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, I think you feel good, and obviously with the KLS and, and Harrison Wallace the third, uh, as we talked about before we went live, uh, live here today. Uh, KLS is it kind of has that boom or bust type uh, play style to him. I, I think he's going to be a little mm-hmm. bit more consistent this year, but he's not going to be, I think, consistent in putting up, you know, uh, 60, 70, 80 yards per game. He's going to have some dud games in there. I think Trey Wallace, you may be looking at a little bit more of a consistent production in terms of he's going to get you uh, two, three, four catches a game for, you know, 15 – 12 to 15 yards per completion. Yeah. He'll have a nice little day, but he's not going to light up the box score either, at least the yeah. way that KLS could do so uh, on his good days. Um, but yeah, beyond those two, I mean, it, it definitely is a major question mark because you, you would hope that Dante Cephas, an all Mac type wide receiver, could come in and give you, uh, you know, I think a lot of people may have had a little bit too high expectations for him. But, I mean, if he mm-hmm. could come in and give you even a portion of what Mitchell Tinsley gave them last year, yeah. I, I think that would be big for the Nittany Lions. I mean, Mitchell Tinsley had a pretty good season for them last year. I think he probably went underrated uh, for a most for the most part. So, uh, you know, even asking him to come in and give what Mitchell Tinsley did fully, maybe asking a little bit on the higher side. But I, I think it's still well in his range. But uh, definitely, I think – Maybe he's not what you expected week one against West Virginia, but I think if you're Penn State, you're in a situation where you have three, four weeks there in the beginning of the season. I, I know Illinois yeah. is tough, but I think the real challenge, first challenge of the season is going to be Iowa. So, I mean, you have a few weeks there mm-hmm. to kind of figure this out in live game yeah. uh, sessions. Because I, I, 
and obviously James Franklin and coach staff knows this, but it's also worth noting that I really do also think that the best defense these guys are going to go up against outside of Michigan is probably the defense they're facing in practice every single day. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, Michigan has a pretty good defense themselves. Iowa's, you know, very good as well, but this Penn state defense is one of the best in the nation. So it's definitely hard. Uh, I imagine for these wide receivers to go up against the likes of, uh, Kaling, you know, Kalen King, uh, Johnny Dixon, um, list goes on of course but mm-hmm. uh, definitely would like i think if you're penn state beyond dante sivas amari evans to take that next step that's a guy that a lot yeah. of people were talking about this offseason liam clifford not a guy who's gonna probably you know put up a ton of numbers but he can he be a productive slot guy uh, and then malik mcclain i think is kind of this s x factor because he has all the tools to be a dominant wide receiver yeah but can he put it together on the field so yeah unfortunately for penn state Wide receiver is their biggest question mark coming in on offense, and it still seems that a little over two weeks away, it's still a major question mark. And, I mean, Drew, I think, is the type of quarterback that can make the guys around him better, but at the same time, he's going to need a a little bit of something from uh, the rest of this unit outside of uh, Lambert Smith and uh, Trey Wallace. Well, this almost changes my projections a little bit because at least I thought we would get some praise like, hey, Dante Cephas is coming along. It's still it's been a short amount of time. He just has to learn the play. He just has to learn the playbook a little better, establish some more chemistry with Drew. But I'm starting to get the impression that, yeah, I think Dante Cephas is going to have a much better second half of the season as opposed to the first because he's still going to have to get situated. But for Penn State, it's not like Penn State can overcome this, okay? if Wallace and Lambert Smith are your only viable guys at this point in time, and maybe through the first few weeks of the season, then you just run more 12 personnel because James Franklin hasn't been shy to praise the tight ends. You might even be able to run three tight end sets because uh, at the post media, at the post practice presser for Monday, August 14th, he said Khalil Dinkins has had one of the best off seasons he's seen across the entire board. So Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren, and Khalil Dinkins are options for them at tight end. Why not play all three and just and, and save the three receiver sets, the four receiver sets for a, a, another type of another type of game? Because I don't think you need them here with what you have, especially in Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren. Just run, just run more twelve, run the ball more, and I think that's what we're going to see from Penn State. Not as much three wide receiver sets, uh, but. If I had to put, if they are going to trot out three wide receivers, I don't know that it's going to be Dante Cephas, the first one out there anymore. I think Keandre Lambert-Smith will now be the X. Harrison Wallace, uh, Trey Wallace will be the Z. And then in the slot, you got to go with Liam Clifford or Caden. I I don't think Caden Saunders is quite there just yet. I think it is Liam Clifford if you had to uh, put a slot receiver out there today, right now. Yeah, I think so. Because I think if Caden made that jump, we probably would have heard it by now. Uh, yeah. And, of course, Caden's a guy who came in last year and admittedly said he was not physically ready to be no. a college football player. And uh, and the coaching staff was pretty open about that as well. I think it was a disappointment for everybody because uh, yeah. a lot of people expected that he could come in and be a, an immediate impact guy. Maybe, you know, he wasn't going to be an all-Big Ten wide receiver as a freshman, but he was going to be able to make some nice catches yeah. along the way. Uh, and, and this is a big – this is a big fall camp and – season for him because if he doesn't do it this year then you're really uh having some question marks at that spot for him um but yeah i think william clifford if he has to fill into that slot starting slot spot penn state could at least have uh 
another strong-handed pass catcher. Not going to light it up. Good route like runner. Was, really yeah, good, good route, route runner. runner. Like you said, though, they, they don't need the wide receivers to be overly dominant. They just need the wide receivers to be trustworthy. And when you do throw their way, you you get at least a little bit out of them because yeah. they do have an amazing tight end room. Uh, I mean, Andrew uh, Rappelier, the f- true freshman, somebody mm-hmm. we haven't really talked about probably enough this offseason. I mean, physically, he is there to and ready to play college football. Maybe wow. he doesn't have a huge impact, you know, this this season. But I, I would almost be a little surprised if we don't see him this season. I just think he's one of those talents that it's hard to keep off the field. And we we're, we're going to talk about another one of those talents here in a little bit. Um, yeah. But again, they don't also have to pass the ball a ton because, frankly, they shouldn't. They have one of the best backfields in the country yeah. uh, in Nick Singleton and Catron Allen. Just feed those to the ball 40, 45 times a game, and you should be set. Uh, probably all but nine, all but two or three games this season. Yeah. And, and on top of that, you can use Singleton and Allen now in the passing game. Coach Yursich has said this. James Franklin has said this. We've seen it in, in short, in short snapshots at practice, 10 to 15 minutes, but Singleton and Allen are lining up on the outside in wide receiver drills, essentially as true wide receivers, not little quick screens, not swing passes out of the backfield, running back shoulder routes in the end zone to prepare them to motion out. So you have more than just your WR depth chart, right? You have more than just your wide receivers, tight ends and running backs can be receivers as well. So it's not the end of the day, but also at the same time, the fact that it's so what, cause what happens if Keanu Lambert Smith or Trey Wallace happen to go down with injury or unavailable, just need a couple snaps off and you need Penn state to put together a two minute drive. You can't run the football from one side of the field all the way down to the other in crunch time, especially when you don't get that clock to stop uh, on first down, but I'm glad, I'm glad you teased it, Dylan, because a new name, uh, a wild freshman has emerged for Penn State to possibly take the reins as the backup to Singleton and Allen. Let's talk about it in this final segment, and that is Cam Wallace, true freshman out of Georgia, a lower-rated three-star, someone who wasn't really highly recognized uh, across the recruiting industry. Penn State saw him. He was, I wouldn't say a last-second commit, but did commit pretty late in the cycle for Penn yep. State's class of 2023. And... Just now the reports are starting to emerge. The observations were there that, hey, Cam Wallace looks really good for a true freshman. Sure. But now it's starting to seem like the, the take's going to be that Cam Wallace might be competing with Trey Potts, who they brought in as a transfer, to be that direct backup to Allen and Singleton. How about that? The veteran Trey Potts possibly not being that next man up, but the kid all the way from Georgia, Cam Wallace. Yeah, and just a little bit more background. Wallace was a guy that they identified in uh, mid-October last year. Uh, at that time, mm-hmm. he already had a couple Power 5 offers at uh, Vanderbilt, Washington State, uh, Georgia Tech, uh, and I think Michigan State also offered right before Penn State did. West Virginia offered shortly after. He made a visit in November, game day visit. That was good. Um, uh and then, uh, yeah, they got him to uh, commit and sign in the early signing period in uh, December and yeah, locked him up then uh, over Georgia Tech was the primary uh, competitor for yep. Penn State for, Wall- uh, for Wallace. Yeah, 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to what he can do on the field this year, uh, definitely a guy who I think has, uh, I, uh, James Franklin has even said he, he's opened eyes. He is a phenomenal athlete. He has great speed, great athleticism, elusiveness. Uh, a lot yeah. of, you know, what they've seen in a Nick Singleton and a Saquon Barkley. I'm not saying he's going to be that level of running back, but he has a, a similar skill set, maybe not to mm-hmm. the same degree. But it's just one of those things. Penn State has never been one to really redshirt running backs if they don't have to. It's a position yeah. where they start running back committee by committee, but everybody gets their fair share over the course of a season. And if you're Penn State, there should be plenty of late third quarters and fourth quarters this year where you don't need Nick, Nick Singleton and Catron Allen to yeah. be playing much in the fourth quarter, given prime opportunities for Trey Potts and Cam Wallace to get reps. And I, I think to start the season, it probably is going to be that third spot by committee with Potts and Wallace. Mm-hmm. But uh, Wallace is definitely, I think, going to make it hard uh, to keep him off the field. But even if it's not a running back, this is a kid I think who can – who can contribute in a special teams aspect as well, oh, yeah. whether it's at uh, kick return or pun return. I mean, I, I think Penn State is going to put Nick Singleton back there for kick returns quite a yep. bit. But at the same time, I don't know if you're Penn State, if you want to put Singleton back there consistently. Now, maybe if you need a big – you're looking for a big return or a, mm-hmm. a game change of play, you do that. But uh, Cam Walls, I think, has probably a similar upside in, in the return game if given the opportunities over time. Yeah, I, I'm still pretty confident as we sit here right now that Singleton and Allen are going to be the the two back there. Usually it'll be Allen blocking for Singleton, but they're yep. both going to be set back deep to return on kickoff, especially when Singleton did break through. Now it was against Rutgers, but uh, that's probably the easiest way. It, easiest but, but way you, could, you, you could feel that one coming all season long. It was a matter of yeah. time. Exactly. He was due. So bring him back and he's still to a point. Now, if it does get more Saquon Barkley, was used in an interesting way that year to see if you could get him into the really thick into the Heisman conversation. He had the touchdown uh, against, he had the touchdowns against Indiana. He had the touchdown against Ohio state, those kick returns. So you don't want to take that element away, but you also need to consider, okay, do we really put him out there on the field too much really you don't want to exhaust it because he's more valuable in the ground game and not just necessarily on a few kickoffs especially when the team's probably going to kick away from him they're eventually they're going to respect singleton and allen uh in the return game itself but cam wallace i'm glad that you brought up his explosiveness his speed he's faster than trey potts he's probably the next fastest back out of all of them aside from singleton i'd say he's probably a little bit faster than k because k john allen's more of a power runner Singleton's yeah. your all-around guy, but if you're looking for someone who with straight line speed, it's Cam Wallace. So I can sit here and say he's faster than Trey Potts. Is he smarter than him? Probably not, because Trey uh, Trey Potts has a lot of uh, college football under his belt yeah. so far, and Cam Wallace just you know he didn't enroll early either. He came onto campus in the summer, so the progression he's made is all the much more impressive for sure. Wallace. Uh, I do think down the stretch of the season he's going. With Singleton and Allen, they're going to play a lot more reps on the football field together. We are going, folks, we are going to see Mike Yursich roll out offensive formations where Singleton and Allen are on the field in more than just the T formation. You're going to see the motion out. You're going to see them to be each hip of Aller, 
uh, and you're going to have play action going one way, a swing pass going another way. They're going to get creative. Mike Yurcich has done this when he feels like he has a dynamic duo running back. Check out the Oklahoma State tape from 2018 if you need some evidence. But that's where, okay, it becomes more than just Trey Potts as the third guy. Who's your fourth? Is Tank sure. Smith Is Tank Smith going to be viable? So you almost need groups, like a group A of Singleton and Allen, a group B of Cam Wallace and Trey Potts, a group C of Tank Smith, London Montgomery, do Tyler Holtzworth and Emil Davis, have they come a long way uh, as backups? Sure. You, that's The offense is going to look uh, a, a significantly different than it did a season ago with the experience that they have at the tailback spot. And, and you bring up a great point, which I was kind of going to touch on myself, was mm-hmm. uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised on the depth chart if it says Trey Potts or Cam Wallace, just because yeah. I, I think kind of like – you know, everybody calls Singleton and Allen. It's 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 a very overused cliche for running backs, but Thunder and Lightning. Um, yeah. that, that's kind of similar of what Potts and Wallace could kind of be. It's it's kind of a yeah. second team, Thunder and Lightning. They they have two. I wouldn't say very different different skill sets, but they're they're two different players. Wallace yeah. is definitely yeah, the yeah. much more Singleton like player. Speed. He's going to beat you at speed. Potts mm-hmm. is a guy who's more so. I think comfortable running it up the middle, uh, running through the tackles, the guards, um, and and using his power. Now, I think Potts has a nice bit of speed behind him, um, and he played behind a really good offensive line in Minnesota. Um, But he he was productive in Minnesota when given the opportunities. He wanted to come home and and play for Penn State, so I don't think he's going to – I think he's going to make sure he takes advantage of every opportunity he gets this fall. Um, But I I definitely think – it's almost going to be like that third running back by committee, whatever the situation calls for. I think uh, we we're going to see a fair share of both those guys. If it's, you know, a short yardage situation, maybe Trey Potts gets the call there. But if it's, you know, uh, a longer, you know, five to 10 yards, uh, maybe Cam Wallace gets more of the opportunity there. Uh, Maybe he can add some of the passing game uh, or they could use his speed trying to break something off off the uh, outside another locked on nittany lions podcast in the books dylan thanks so much for the time really appreciate it and yeah the the conversation has shifted from recruiting to now almost in season so it's great to get your perspective really appreciate it and you're welcome back anytime uh, that you want to be on the show dylan i appreciate having appreciate you having me zach and i look forward uh, to the next time we're on and uh Yeah, football is just right around the corner. Can't wait. Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. Become an everydayer. Subscribe to the YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along on X, Twitter, whatever you call it, at Zach underscore Seiko and at Locked On Nittany to keep up with Penn State Nittany Lions football team.